0: Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass
1: And what's it gonna do?
0: It doesn't matter how you're doing Woo! Wheel of dealing Living in life, jet flag! Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Would you please Shut the hell up You don't know What hard times are, daddy The cream will rise to the top Oh yeah Oh yes I at the rubble
2: What up? What up? Welcome to episode 55 of Keep the Cave, Fabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. It is a great time to be a wrestling fan, as we say often here on Keep the Cave, Fabe. And one of those reasons is of the great show that airs on Vice Network, The Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, earlier this uh, year, we saw the first half, they took a little break, and now... In a week's time, they will be airing part two of Dark Side of the Ring, and we're going to preview those episodes, but also we're going to go back and talk about some of the finer points that season three, part one brought to us, Uh, but before we do that, we're going to get acclimated with the boys real quick here. Oh, pardon me. I think there's a big announcement uh, to be shared, but we're going to share that later on in the episode. Huge news. Let's go back and get acclimated with the fellas real quick over in Glendale. Someone who keeps it regal, Steve schmidt How are you, Grubby? Beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. That's that sounds that like is. an old school wrestler. Who's that's that? That's Taz. That's Taz, man. That's Taz, oh. and then uh, CM
1: Punk just used it on him this week, which yep. was pretty awesome.
3: Yeah, I thought oh, that was nice. a weird line, and then I heard something
1: about that actually. Oh, no, of, like, yeah, he actually one. quoted Taz, oh, yeah, dude. which was perfect because Taz is such a hothead. It's great that he used his line against him.
0: Oh yeah, that's totally, dude. He was he was badass when he go back and look at some of those promos. It was badass, Oof. dude. He
1: was really good. Taz was. I, in ECW? I legit thought he, Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah,
0: dude. He was insane, dude. He was like <laughs> he was one... Oh, Oh, dude. He was one of those guys. He was guys, scary.
1: Yeah.
0: Like you thought he'd beat your ass, dude. He, dude. He was. It, he was really good dude. Was, it's funny yeah. nowadays if you've it's, known it's a, him totally yeah if it's you've crazy.
1: known him from the last five six years as like an announcer and a, and a radio guy on that you yeah think he's yeah. like he's like this curmudgeon with a like a grin like you know like it's like a it, but
2: but he was like intense and he, like, he, you lived. like yeah, he lived like he lived that gimmick yeah like yeah i was I was thinking about it too, watching this last week. Uh, Dynamite between CM Punk and Taz, and Taz is honestly such a asset to AEW Sam, because he's he really kind of like the ut- the utility man. You can put him in anywhere. You can oh, put yeah. him in as an announcer to cut a promo, be a manager. He could yeah. probably even get in and wrestle a great match if he wanted to. I don't. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but either, no, you're absolutely I mean, right. He's, he, he's really a jack-of-all-trades for AEW, oh, yeah. and they're really and lucky he, to have him.
1: And he flips that switch, like, you know, I think to what Charlie and I are saying about back when he was, like, really this badass. But it's like he's just announcing, and then all of a sudden he ter- flips a switch and is super pissed at CM Punk and, like, kind of convincing about it. Like, it was, oh yeah, uh, I don't know, that guy can do magic.
0: And I think he legit was, like, uh, he was legit, like, uh, he was trained. I don't say he was an MMA fighter, but he was trained in jiu-jitsu and stuff, so oh, he yeah. Knew- all kind of holes. And he was the first dude doing all those fucking crazy suplexes, that people did. Yeah. He's like you said, he's just so smooth on the mic, too, because, you know, he was one of the first guys that was doing weekly podcasts before, like, yeah. all those guys. Then he got the CBS radio gig, and he was really yep. good on that. Then he was fucking, he was, like, on the CBS morning Radio syndicated network, it was like for a while, yeah. Yeah. So, I used to listen to that most, I I listen to that most days. I catch it once in a while, yeah.
1: So, there's for your listeners is the history
2: of Kaz.
0: Go back and look at his stuff.
2: I'm fine with stroking him off for a little while because he uh, deserves it, but um, uh, yeah, let's. Let's let's get it back on track here. Let's go down to Bayview, talk to somebody who keeps it freshly squeezed, Matt Michelson. What up, Matt?
0: I'm back. Been better than ever.
2: Wow. Wow. The golden vocals. I didn't know you had that falsetto, bro.
3: Yeah, I didn't either. That's a first for me, too. Only right here on Keep the Kayfabe.
2: Uh, so who who was that? I'm asking for a friend for and our listeners out there.
3: Oh come man,
2: on. come on, dude! I, I forget. No. I think I think it's you don't something know to do that with one,
3: dude. Three letters. I, it was like N W O something like that. I forget. Are you working? Are you working,
0: a, are you working us, dude? I had to look it up, but I didn't know that one.
3: I have been working out, Charlie. Thanks for noticing. I mean, his mic,
0: his mic working. It's okay. I was gonna say
2: I'm, keep, I'm keeping the kayfabe. I just think it's important for our listeners to oh, you okay. know to to get them. I'll I'm I'm fine with throwing myself under the bus, looking like an oh, idiot. I'm here to oh, just okay. prop up my boys. Okay, that's right. So, go. Good
3: move. Good move. And so, we appreciate that. That's
2: I'm, right. I'm the utility. I'm the utility man of this team. I'm You're the, the taz of our taz. podcast. You're yeah, a yeah. setup guy exactly Damn setup guy i'm fine with putting you guys over nice all right let's talk to my guy mr ecw oh my <laughs> god it's charlie <laughs> michael
0: that's great mr ecw i love the ECW, dude. you don't even know oh i know my name is enzo
2: Amore, and i'm a certified
0: g and a bona fide stud and you can't and teach. teach that and this here's this right here is big Cass. he's seven foot tall and you can't teach that. That's it. That's On a boom, Willis, guys,
1: in the room. How you doing? Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How you doing? How you doing?
2: That was wonderful.
0: <laughs> that was garbage. That really but was it's, a, it's the best I could good. come up with. It was garbage. God, it's no, just it good.
3: You know that never gets old. Like I, I <laughs> really, I feel bad about how things ended with Enzo and just that. Yep. He had the
0: mouth. Well, he's doing good. He landed. He's on working independence. Yeah, he's working independent dates. He's making money, man. I follow him on Instagram.
2: So big Cass has rebounded. Yep.
3: Yeah, Cass is doing great too. And Impact.
2: Yep. Yep. Enzo uh, smokes a lot of weed. And Does he? he uh, oh yeah, he's a huge fat Yeah, oh, he likes to rip that. it. He likes to rip it and then rip it on the mic in his home studio rapping. So, nice. wow. Nice. Yeah, he's living it up. And his yeah, parents are rough. huge like live in the past too. I saw a picture of him in his family's basement in New Jersey. <laughs> his mom and dad have like these mannequins, like 5 of them, uh set up in the basement with like all these pictures of Big Cass and Enzo but Damn. the mannequins are wearing all of like Enzo's greatest outfits and shit. Nice. Yeah. Damn. So they're very, they're very proud of him. I like I guess that. they That's should cool. be. Yeah, you gotta love the supportive parents. That's right. And speaking of supportive, Vice TV was very supportive to the executive producers of Dark Side of the Ring. They have been doing a phenomenal job with this show. It's really rekindled my. Uh, Love for wrestling and me becoming a student of the history of wrestling. It's such a great show and I really, we've gone and uh, talked about it before in uh, past episodes. We did a preview to season three, so go back and check that one out. I'm not sure the episode number, but um, what we're going to talk about tonight is the airing of season three's part two. They have another set of episodes ready to be rolled out. And uh, it's going to be fantastic. And they did a fantastic job with part one this year. So uh, I just saw a little advertisement today that Hulu is going to be airing them Wednesday, I believe. So you can catch up on season three, part one, before they drop part two. So, um, yeah, one of my favorite episodes, maybe of all time, out of every single episode of Dark Side of the Ring, was The Collision in Korea. (laughs) This was all about... Uh, this major wrestling show that took place in North Korea, uh, it was mind-boggling. They they got some amazing wrestlers over there. It was Ric Flair, uh, Two Cold Scorpio, uh, Scott, Scott Norton, Norton for sure. Yeah, uh, the Steiner brothers. So they got some pretty big talent over there. But the whole story, damn, is just like unimaginable i mean i'm a geek when it comes to just hearing just like what goes on uh behind the curtain in wrestling but this is like beyond anything that these guys could have probably ever imagined when they said yeah i'll go to north korea and wrestle this show i mean as we all know it is like probably the most fucked one of the most fucked up countries on the planet absolutely we're going to try like, not to get, give away too many spoilers of the episode so people listening that haven't seen it can catch up and be surprised. When this one was actually really fun because uh, season one, part one, had a, it truly was the dark side of the ring. There was a lot of heavy content. This one was kind of like you were, you were just strapping in and buckling up for a crazy ride and watching like a blockbuster movie. It's like you couldn't make up some of the stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and uh this was the first time uh that the that Dark Side of the Ring kind of used a story within a story, too. The my favorite part of this episode was two cold Scorpio getting into a conflict with um Road Warrior Hawk. They got into the, like this like this fight on the bus. Oh, and man. uh like they said they were gonna kill one another, blah, blah, blah. Scorpio was super pissed off. Scorpio was roommates with Chris Benoit, and he actually took some chopsticks from the restaurant that they ate at and started sharpening them so he would create a shiv and actually kill
1: hawk his plan was to kill hawk
2: yeah i was like oh my god can you imagine committing a murder in north korea maybe even getting convicted of it and you have to spend your life in jail in north korea it ain't worth it too cold
3: yeah this this episode mike to your point is by far one of the most crazy of the whole season. I think Dark Side of the Ring does a really good job of building stories throughout each episode that kind of really hit home on the fact of how serious or mind-blowing, you know, whatever the topic is. But this episode is just like one car crash after another. All these stories coming out. If you're just in the mood for a good hour of ridiculous stories that usually start with this one time, this is the episode to watch. Um, And, of course, Dark Side of the Ring you know, we can't say it enough. We're all huge fans of it here at Keith K Kayfabe. I mean, if you think about the name of our podcast, we love behind the scenes, the true stories behind pro wrestling, and this show delivers on that every time. But this episode in particular, especially if you haven't watched Dark Side of the Ring and you just want to watch any episode just to get started or dive in and see what it's all about, this is the one to do it with.
1: Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you guys said all the right, all the things I would agree with, um. I think I mentioned back when we first talked about the season that um, I had heard snippets of this trip through Bischoff's podcast and stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, without going into the details, like you said, in case people haven't seen it, but I just, um, I think it's one of those things you can't truly, you can tell people, but it's hard to relate to is that this is what like indoctrination is. And it's like when you have generation after generation feeding a society information, like US evil, evil, evil. Like those guys were over there. They were like, people were terrified of just looking at them because they like, they were like almost right. like dev- devils or something. And it's just, right. you know, like we, we pride ourselves on being this open and free society and all that. But it's like, man, and it's just, you can't even go for a run, you know, like Bischoff couldn't even go for a run in the morning without like almost getting in serious ass trouble. And I think it's the magic of Antonio Anoki that like that even happened because he right. was respected enough to make that happen. I think if he wasn't part of that, that would have a never happened. And B those dudes probably never would have come
2: home. Right. Yeah, it was quite the accomplishment. Eric Bischoff is one of the dudes that pulled it off. And you really have to admire his entrepreneurial genius to um, pull something like this off. It had, that had never been done. They said those guys were the first Americans on North Korean soil that didn't get shot down or arrested oh. or something. Or, yeah, <laughs> like, so it, it was something. And, I mean, 200,000 people were attending this two night wrestling event against their will. They were forced. That was mandatory attendance. Yeah, right. But I mean, yeah. So again, yeah, yeah, Matt, you said it. It is the perfect one to get your feet wet in season three, part one. It'll really get you motivated to continue on and see some of these other episodes. So that one was pretty fun. But uh, part one, like I said, really dealt with some really crazy shit. I mean, we talked a little bit about Brian Pillman. We talked a little bit about it during our preview show. Uh, But topically, um, AEW just took place back in Cincinnati, where Brian Pillman was from. And the lady, Linda, who was like the saving grace in this um whole family and was yeah. honored at ringside particularly by cm punk pointed out and she got a stabbing standing o and rightfully so and um when you go yeah. when you guys go back and watch this episode you'll know why she literally was a saint and nurtured uh, the children of brian pillman so they could have somewhat of a normal life because it was pretty pretty hectic
3: Yeah, this episode really got me up to speed on Brian Pillman because, you know, as we've talked about before on this podcast, I historically am not a big WCW guy, and that's where Brian Pillman spent a lot of his career building this loose cannon character, and I was completely oblivious to this before watching Dark Side of the Ring. So to me, this was really eye-opening, not just, you know, in terms of, who he was as a person and sort of his downfall and, you know, how that affected his family, but just the gimmick and why it was so new and earth shattering in the world of pro wrestling. You know, this guy was one of the first guys to truly not really give away if he was keeping a cave babe or not.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember if I literally got that pay-per-view or if I saw it after, but that whole where he was like, the whole thing with kevin sullivan where he's like i respect you booker man and you never heard anything i mean you never saw things like that back then and it was like holy <laughs> shit and then to find out years later it was all a work the whole thing was a work but at the time it was like no he's just nuts and i think he yeah. had he had like he had like 75 percent of the wrestling world he convinced it. he was just crazy and um
2: but he actually yeah. was a genius. Yeah, I mean to have that confidence, See, like you had. He was like probably seventy percent nuts, thirty percent genius. That moment when um, he saw Vince at a casino or wherever it was <laughs> a convention to get into WWF, he like comes up to him and puts his arm around him and gets a picture with Vince McMahon, and they actually have the picture to show on the show of like the moment where those two met uh that was a cool little piece of history and jr does like a really good job it seemed like him and brian pillman were very close it's just you know it's like
1: so many of these recurring themes it's just a shame that his like demons is you know to use that generic term caught up to him and the injuries and all that because i mean guys like that to this day would be like movers and shakers in wrestling. If they could like him, Eddie Gilbert, some of these guys that were really like smart, hot stuff. I mean, but again, he died in his like late thirties and it's just guys like that would be like running the wrestling world right now.
2: And speaking of recurring themes, uh, there really was a recurring theme in part one of uh dark side of the ring. It had a lot to do with just childhood, um, You know insecurities uh mental torment from uh their parents just rough upbringings that really tormented a lot of these men that had affected their lives and they tried to fix it or compensate it uh in the wrestling world to become somewhat of like super like a superhero or supernatural and there was no better episode that displayed this than the ultimate warrior the the uh episode about uh jim helwig he was a bodybuilder had super low self-esteem and insecurities and tried to always prove himself that he was the best and um he 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 just lived in his this fantasy world that he was the center of his own universe always trying to you know be just overcome and prove something to somebody uh he was a scrawny kid way back in the day but uh he just dedicated his life to becoming like this this fucking mega man And um, it's a great, it's a really great story, but also really sad because you could kind of see it coming uh, after he beat Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania six, he had the title put on him and his wife at the time said that's when Jim Helwig left and ultimate warrior. Look that over. was him for the rest of his life because from there on it, it was all downhill because he Damn. thought he was the pinnacle of humanity and he just tried to stay on top when you know that never that never that, that's non-existent in wrestling there's always a, a downfall there's always a downhill <laughs> yeah. and um yeah did you catch this one uh matt
3: I did. Yeah. And for those of our longtime listeners, you're probably aware that I'm a huge fan of the Ultimate Warrior, at least the character. So for me, watching this episode was pretty eye-opening. I didn't really know how to feel at the end of it. I mean, I know how I felt about it. Um, I think as a person, you know, this episode did a really good job of showing who Jim Hellwig truly was. At the same time, I think there's a lot of things in pro wrestling that, you know, ignorance is bliss is one thing I like to say when it comes to pro wrestling. And You know, one of the things we do as part of this podcast is shed light on what really goes on behind the scenes. But trust me, there's a lot of things I wish we hadn't uncovered through the course of this podcast because there is a lot of enjoyment that can be had in pro wrestling and not knowing what these people are actually like and just taking the characters at face value. So I think this episode was a prime example of that.
1: Yeah. I, I actually give them kudos because I remember when I was watching it, it was like, cause they, you know, they can't use WWE footage really. So they really had to kind of dance around that, but they still told a really good story without being able to show a lot of the bulk of his work. Cause WWE owns all of it. Um, yeah. Right. But I think I knew a lot of the shitty things about him, which is why for a long time now I can't stand, I couldn't stand him, but I, some of it, I didn't realize the magnitude and like his ex-wife came out, came off as like pretty credible, I thought, and like a pretty, you know, she seemed to still feel bad about the whole thing, but it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, that guy is just, I don't know, just kind of went crazy, and like, right. I don't know, I mean, I don't know if he ever changed, I just, you know, I, I knew the stuff about like when he was going around like doing like his motivational speaking at colleges, and it was like, you know, like a- anti-gay stuff and all that, and it's just, you see, it's just... I don't know. To sum up, I think what people like Jim Ross and that have said, he just seemed like he's kind, he turned into kind of a piece of shit.
2: hmm Yeah. Yeah, I do have an Ultimate Warrior t-shirt, but then when he got into that ultra right-wing conservative, um, you know, anti-gay stuff, I was like, eh, I don't know if I can wear this one out as much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want to roll like this. I don't know if I want to be backing this up. <laughs> Unless you're
2: in Texas. We love all of our fans who listen in Texas. Yeah,
3: <laughs> shout out to the great state of Texas, friend of the channel.
2: All right. Well, speaking of ultra pieces of shit, this was the first oh. time that Dark Side of the Ring actually really did cover somebody who is maybe a bigger low life scumbag than most um serial killers, uh convicted uh criminals, um, just an awful Uh, piece of humanity if you can call him that it's the story of grizzly smith and um his family and it wasn't just about grizzly smith it was about the whole family that was jake the snake roberts Rockin' robin and then sam houston they were all related but nobody knew that at the time they were all phenomenal wrestlers all legends in their own right but grizzly smith I mean, this one was probably the hardest one to watch. I I mean, I even rewatched it um, back today and it was just unbelievable. Uh, Basically what the guy did, he basically manipulated his own family and just tormented them mentally than, than most, you know, than any human should ever have to go through. It's not fair. I mean, the dude literally ruined lives. I was gonna say, like, it, it,
1: like, like, it the daughter that he killed, or, like, or had killed, or some implication of that.
2: Yeah. So there was a, a, there is a. They don't go. They they can't figure out exactly what happened, but there yeah. is a lot of people that are speculating what happened. He basically had his own daughter kidnapped, uh, and they say that they pretty they're pretty sure that it was Grizzly Smith. And uh, they never found her. And, I mean, the family has to deal with that. Um, yeah. You can almost see Jake the Snake Roberts. This was the first time I saw Jake the Snake Roberts, a guy who is known for his psychology in the ring, basically bring out these repressed feelings from his childhood. He referred to himself in the third person. His real name is Aurelian. Uh, And he's like, Aurelian died at 13. I had to put him away. Mm. Aurelion has never seen the light of day since 13, you know, just like really deep shit, man. And, um, you know, Jake was sexually abused. Um, Grizzly Smith's girlfriend basically was set up to violate him as a young man, um, in his adolescence while Grizzly Smith in the other room was with his own daughters and other young women. I mean, it's just, it's just, um, it's, it, (laughs) it makes you want, it makes you sick, um, to be quite frank, uh, this so folks, get your mind right. I, I, this is a very amazing episode because there is a silver lining at the end. They do encourage people, anybody that's going through this type of trauma or any type of mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, to talk to somebody, get out of there, and um, you know, don't be ashamed to get help. So, that was one thing uh, that came out of such a Crazy, crazy episode, but um
1: I do like as an overall that dark side of the ring takes on these very heady things, but mm-hmm. almost every episode ends, they try to find a high now, you know, like the Pillman thing about how like the ant and all that right. this one that they're they kind of have gotten to a I mean I wouldn't say they're right, but you know, Jake has gone through a big transformation, so it's like they do it's not like a show. That's why I try to tell people when I'm telling them about the show, despite the name it's not like this sensational trashy show. It's really like they do try to get something out of it. That's like uplifting or positive. And it's, it's really well done in that regard.
2: Definitely. Yeah. They don't try to bash wrestling in any way. Like they're not there to tear it down. They're actually huge, huge wrestling fans. Yeah. But I think these stories are important. Um, And it's kind of one of those things. If you want to know, watch if you don't, and you know what they say, like, just never meet your idols. Cause you might not like what you find out as we kind of mentioned earlier. So, um, Matt, did you have uh, any remarks on this one?
3: Uh, not a whole lot beyond what you guys have already said. I mean, this was definitely a heavy episode and I think you guys did a good job summing it up. I, I think that when I first watched this, this episode of all the, I-, I think more than any other episode on season three, part one, I think this one does the best job of really reaching out to folks who maybe aren't even wrestling fans. Um, and I think the Dark Side of the Ring does a really good job of that regardless, but I think this episode more than any other does it, partly because everybody knows who Jake the Snake Roberts is. I think he's one of those personalities that transcends the world of pro wrestling. And then you have all his other family members, too, who you may not know who they are necessarily, but the fact that they're all pro wrestlers who reached some level of a success and all had to deal with this one overshadowing figure in their lives. And, you know, all the things Mike just mentioned is pretty amazing. Um, So, you know, we're not trying to put you off from watching this show because it is pretty depressing and some of it's pretty heavy, but it is pretty interesting to see. Um, And it really does shine a light on the world of pro wrestling, at least to some degree in some of the darker spots of it. So definitely worth a watch regardless of, you know, how you may or may not feel about Mike's description of it.
1: It sheds light. Cause yeah, like, like, I just think I know, you know, people that aren't really like people in my family or whatever that know of wrestling or maybe watched it in the eighties. Like somebody might just be like, Oh, Jake the snake. He was a drug addict. Yeah. Yeah. But here's why. (laughs) Like, like, I don't think, I think it's easy to dismiss people for their drug problems, but then when it's like, yeah, this is what made this dude who he is. Then you're like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't be so cavalier about that.
0: Um, the thing with uh, Grizzly was like, I knew I had heard rumors of Grizzly, you know, from my dad and from the old wrestlers and things you heard. I knew he, I knew that he was like molesting little girls and stuff like that. I knew I knew about that part or, you know, I I didn't know the details of that story, but I did. not I had no idea that he was molesting his daughters. Right. That's what the part was like, holy shit. And like, you know, the whole him. I mean, but you know, it was, I mean, not the—that's all racist. It was a different time, but yeah, it was it was definitely a different time where people would let right. their little kids go with him and travel. It's right. definitely, you know, it's definitely a southern, right? Not the brightest people kind of thing because you would you would not do you would not do that you would not let your
4: young daughter
0: go on the road with some fifty year old dude. You know, it's just. It's just crazy. And he was getting away with it. And the, and the saddest part is about the whole thing is his daughters and a lot of people in the business knew about it, but they never said anything.
2: And that, and I think that's why it's important to kind of, you know, shed light on these things, just so shit like this doesn't happen again. And people mm-hmm. don't have to, you know, have their lives ruined because of some piece of shit that does it.
3: Well, despite all those, uh. Depressing thoughts about Grizzly Smith. Um, to quote Michael Cole, we're going to shift gears now and lift everyone's spirits because it's Tuesday, <laughs> and you know what that means—it's now time for Charlie's Corner. Charlie, what's going on on Monday Night Raw?
0: Uh, well, like they said, they um, they had a championship match. Um, Bobby Lashley retained. It looked like the crowd was really into it. Um, from from what I could tell. tell. And as predicted, that's Biggie says predictable, he's cashing it in. <laughs> and they went to commercial break.
1: <laughs> that's good shit. Oh, so,
0: Big E, I mean, they had a-
1: How long did it take him to cash it? Like, I, I, it's funny, somebody posted when CM Punk cashed in. And you see all those things, like, they're gesturing, like, for, like, it feels like minutes, and then the ref's like, are you sure, are you sure? And it's like they drag it out. Like, did they do oh. that? Where it's like, and then they're sitting there all ready for the bell to ring. <laughs> so yeah, it's like you, you gotta
0: cash it in. You cash it in before the com- after the commercial break, don't?
2: Oh. Yeah, especially for the live crowd. And yeah, now the
1: yeah exactly because we you know we were at a raw once, the crowd's standing around waiting now we'll see it, Well, like Big Biggie's standing there like doing nothing.
2: So dumb. Yep. So bad.
3: Well, stay tuned for the fake suspense. And with that, this is been yeah, Charlie's actually, Corner.
1: Actually, we're probably going to be going back to that because we're going to need to find out if it was successful.
3: Stay tuned for Charlie's Corner Part Two later in the show.
1: Part, Part Two.
2: Well, we're going to uh, stick with uh, bad programming and bad wrestling. We can talk. We can talk about Nick Gage's episode <laughs> with Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, he gets a lot of crap for you know, not being able to wrestle. We just saw him in AEW. But this is the first time that he um, got some really nationwide recognition by getting his very own episode on Dark Side of the Ring. I'm not a big hardcore fan. I think this was the episode that didn't come off the best. They didn't find that silver lining as much with this guy. Pretty much everybody that they interviewed uh, kind of just said, he is what he is. He's just kind of like a bottom feeding, you know, per, per, person that uses people and is just there to take drugs. And I don't know if he's rounded the corner or not. Has, um, I didn't go back and watch this one. I only need really need to see it once. That's my opinion. Um, but I think it's yeah. worth a watch if you want to, if you're a really big uh, wrestling Somalier, That's good. So...
0: Every story doesn't end happily, which is good. And, I guess he has kind of a happy ending where he's he's wrestling and he was on AEW and he's making money mm-hmm. and he's got a big match coming up with Moxley. But GCW, like I was talking to my buddy Scott today, you know, about uh, why didn't he go to the GCW show? And, you know, he's like, that said a couple of things. He goes, but the other thing with GCW mm. shows, there's no seats. Mm. So you stand the whole match. And I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you, dude, that, for that crap. And they're coming out on you and they're bleeding and as glass and there's shit everywhere in those matches it's like i can't take the, i mean i love i mean I, not i love i i like i don't mind a guy blading once in a while and you know for the source of the match but not when they're yeah. these guys are as they say they're doing it the hard way you know they're they're not they're not really blading dude it's and it's not it's just not good wrestling either it's like you got to be in the gore it's not like they're they're doing young bucks matches and with with uh glass tubes it's just Right. Guys it can take a lot of pain
3: We've talked in the past On this podcast about um, My love of hardcore matches When I saw this episode of Dark Side of the Ring I realized there's a whole other world Of yeah. hardcore matches yeah. out there that I wasn't yep. Familiar with yep. And yep. It's, it's a type of hardcore match that I feel is almost more like a stunt show than pro wrestling in some regard. Because, I mean, these guys are legitimately shoot, you know, cutting each other, making each other bleed. It's like a real life fight where you know the outcome, or at least they know the outcome ahead of time, but they just basically go out there. And the the one thing is, I, I think what makes pro wrestling great and why we get so excited about it is the matches typically, when they're good, do a great job of building to a strong finish, right? And if you go back and watch, Charlie had just mentioned Game Changer Wrestling, GCW. If you go back and watch the match between Nick Gage and Matt Cardona um, from very recently, it's sort of like the match peaks halfway in, but then they just keep going with it. And you're kind of like, at this point, they're just doing blood for blood's sake. So I think Dark Side of the Ring does a good job pointing that out. Um, But I want to hold my thoughts there for just a moment because... It's almost at the top of the hour. We're nearing the end of Monday Night Raw, and now it is time, as promised, for Charlie's Corner, Part Two. Charlie, fill us in. What's going on with Big E and the briefcase?
0: Uh, history in the making, fellas. Big E won. I think this is. But it literally is history in the making. What? I think this is the first time in WWE history that they yeah, ever I went from one right. black champion to another black champion. So that's that's definitely history. That's definitely history in the making. Kind of stupid that he won at that spot. I'd rather having it a surprise. But it's predictable, and and you know the dirt chiefs had talked about they were going to reunite the new day, and this is their way to do it. I do. I,
1: I, if I had, if I had to pull one positive, I mean at least by all accounts and by everybody here, he seems like he's a good dude, and he's worked hard. He's worked hard to get where he's got. I'm happy for the man.
0: But man, I don't know if I I don't know. Well, we'll see how long he keeps it. But I just don't see a lot of. A lot of, I don't see a lot of entrances. Probably not. Going to see Big E. (laughs) Put your heart.
3: History in the making, history in the making, and with that, this has been Charlie's Corner, part two.
0: Another reason (laughs) not to go to a WWE show.
3: So yeah, Nick Gage and pizza cutters. So we were talking (laughs) about blood all over the place. Sorry about that. Um. But yeah, just just to finish that thought, I guess yeah, these this brand of hardcore match that Nick Age is known for is it, it's its own thing. Um, it either you love it or you don't. I think if you haven't seen this episode of the Dark Side of the Ring, definitely worth a watch. It's very eye opening. Mike kind of mentioned this before, but Nick Age, because of this, I want to believe because of this, got a match one night on AEW Dynamite. Um, which I think opened the world's eyes to how brutal these matches really can be. A couple other things too to know about Nick Gage. Um, He did almost a decade in prison for robbing a bank. Um, He's had, you know numerous bouts with drug addiction. I did listen to an interview with Chris Van Vliet uh, where he talked to Nick Gage, and supposedly he's doing okay now in terms of drugs That's and things good. like that. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it is good, especially when you're you know that hardcore of a human being, it's just one less thing to worry about. So, yeah, so I think he's in a good place these days, still doing those crazy matches, but definitely give this episode a watch. I'd
0: say another sad thing about that episode was that his brother killed himself, too. I was like, whoa, I didn't see that. Mm, coming. I forgot about <laughs> that. I was
2: like, wow. Spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I mean, I understand there's all types of genres in wrestling, but I just don't know if I could ever support it just because I just don't want, I know these guys, like some people like the pain. Some people are immune to pain, but honestly, I don't want to pay a ticket to support it to continue. Like Matt said, blood for blood's sake. And these guys are never going to make a lot of money doing it, I don't think, in that genre. And I mean, you got to pay a lot of dues. And I mean, you got to to make a lot of money to get to a payday like Nick Gage got in AEW. You got to wrestle a lot of matches. You got to do a lot of harm to your body. And with that has been the running theme. You might have a very uh, dysfunctional family life. I mean, you might lose your friends. You might lose your family. Is it all worth it? that's that's for the individual to decide but um you know what whatever makes people happy but i'm just gonna probably keep my money and put it more towards um WWE. i don't know more constructive things yeah more <laughs> wwe my peacock subscription i, I want to make
0: sure vince's stock stays up and he doesn't change hey his he's a fa- he's,
2: he's he's family it's a family-run business you gotta support family well i said uh nick gage was on aew dynamite but uh there was another episode on dark side of the ring featuring the dynamite kid Uh, i was pretty curious to see what this one was all about because i didn't know a whole lot about him i just knew that you know he tagged with uh davy boy smith when they were the bulldogs but this could have been the wildest low-key story i've ever heard and it was extremely sad again it was a it was a guy who had kind of a small man syndrome I think he was like 5'8", built like a shit brick house. Uh, he was amazing in the ring. They talked about the match that he had against Tiger Mask in New Japan uh, and how it was maybe one of the best matches ever wrestled. We would probably have to go back on YouTube to check it out. Um, but this man was steroid addicted, uh, was just getting fits of rage, destroyed his family life through his you know because he had so much pain in his body so he resulted to drugs and you know he would go and do street fights to get more money to pay for more drugs um it was and and then the the his wife backed him up forever and he just treated her like shit And I had no idea about some of this stuff. And I didn't know how closely related a lot of his downfall was with one of Steve's favorite tag teams, the Rougeau brothers. (laughs) They had this story between him and Jacques that blew my mind. Um, That's You'll have to, yeah, you'll have to maybe hear the details about it. But after um, Jacques Rougeau took a handful of a a roll of quarters and socked him in the face, uh the dynamite keb was never the same after that
1: yeah that's the part I you know i knew the jacques story for a long time but i didn't oh, yeah. and no i clue. didn't yeah. i didn't know the part where it, like it was the way that the episode made it seem like that's what kind of downward spiraled them for good and I was like yeah, he
0: got scared dude and yeah. i used to
1: remember yeah. that his his wife or his, his widow saying like that was you know jacques should have done that and i'm just thinking the whole time like okay i'm we all know him as jacques mark but it's like Jacques totally should have done that. The dude had to stand up for himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He did.
0: Des- I mean, yeah. And once you hear the whole story.
1: Yeah. It's like
0: he deserved it, dude. It's like. The dude totally the deserved
1: story.
0: it. You know, it's like there's a point of ribbon, but he was like doing it too bad. Nasty, he did yeah. fast and cheap shot at himself. So.
3: Yeah, that was part of this episode that really caught me by surprise. Sort of like every episode has that breaking point, I feel like, where, you know, Mike, in the beginning, you mentioned the Collision in Korea episode, and we heard about two cool Scorpio, you know, sharpening a shiv. You know, this is sort of the equivalent of that, where Jacques Rougeau finally hits his breaking point and just lets loose on the dynamite kid. I... I do think that's a pattern with a lot of these episodes. Is there's There comes to be a breaking point where the people around that person just can't take it anymore. And I you know, agree with you guys. I think Jacques Rougeau did the right thing in the moment. Now how, would Dynamite Kid have been differently if that had never happened? I guess we'll never know. But yeah, just the, yet another episode that it's just amazing to watch these guys spiral out of control. The other thing is, so before watching this, I was not really familiar with the Dynamite Kid's work. Um, you know, I'm younger viewer, so not as familiar with him. But I've gone back and watched a few of his matches. There's actually one which got a five-star review from Dave Meltzer where he wrestles uh, Tiger Mask, I think was the name of the other wrestler.
4: Mm-hmm. Just Dynamite unreal.
3: Kid. The work rate is, it just puts, even things nowadays, to shame. Um, and I mean... The work rate nowadays is incredible the i think the average work rate is just insane especially compared to the 80s but dynamite kid was light years ahead of his time so kind of a shame in that regard that you know he was such a great wrestler but had all these other things that drove him to be like that that just weren't so great
2: absolutely right matt and the craziest thing you mentioned a pattern in all these episodes it is quite the pattern that every episode i didn't know how much how close a lot of these guys that are talked about wanted to kill each other. I mean, talk about a dysfunctional workplace. Scorpio literally was going to kill Hawk. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts was literally going to kill Ultimate Warrior, and then this other episode. I mean, it's it's, it's yeah, that's it's like wow. Talk about makes, the '80s, eh?
0: Yeah, Well talk about all the 90s up until the to the modern, till pretty much the modern True. day. I mean those that's a, those were the best stuff about wrestling was hearing those stories and guys mm-hmm. shooting on each other and being really pissed off at each other i mean that's you knew the, the that's the best you knew it was pretty fake where you know they're but you didn't you know but i guess predetermined but just the all the back scene shit was just so interesting of those guys backstabbing each other and wanting mm-hmm. to kick each other's ass in real life and then getting in the right. ring and shooting it was just that's that's that made the business you know
2: oh yeah and now all people are doing now is playing video games after a match yeah yeah they don't go out and party yeah 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 before they used to try to fuck as many people as possible get as fucked up as possible and uh try to kill each other yeah quite the quite the first uh part of season three of dark side of the ring in just two days uh they will be airing part two episode 8 and buckle up because you're gonna be in for the plane ride from hell oh, yeah, man. Can't I can't wait that
0: one yeah hell that's yeah. gonna be
2: a great one I think it's gonna be kind of parallel to uh the collision in Korea just a crazy story of a moment in time that will never be replicated yeah. nor can you describe nor it's probably gonna be way off I guess, of our uh, imaginations I that heard parts of that thing. story
0: I guess I guess Dustin Rhodes is just a wreck on that thing dude
1: wow yeah okay Regal right well wasn't Steve William Regal a big mess on that too
0: I think so yeah because you know they're both recovering alcoholics yeah. as well so it was like yeah, his low like, point yeah, yeah. and you're giving those guys free booze that's gonna be trouble <laughs>
2: They follow it up with another uh, tragic story of a great talent, Chris Canyon. That's going to be airing on the twenty third. Oh, 23rd. that's going to be good.
0: Yeah, that's going to be probably right. really good.
2: This is a guy that had a very big skeleton in his closet. Not because he was seven feet, but it yeah. just it what there wasn't a lot of homosexuality yeah. um, coming out uh, during that time. Uh, nope. I, I mean, it was there, but it just wasn't talked about. And I'm sure. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of good interviews in this one. I know there was a lot of people that were really close to him. I wouldn't be surprised if DDP Diamond exactly. Dallas Page would talk about it. A lot of a lot of big people. So I'm really excited to see who they actually got to interview for this one. Yeah. So very excited about that being a big WCW mark. Um, then we have one that I have no idea about. It's uh, the title of it is called Blood and Wire. Oneida's F. MW which is Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling which kind of sounds like a no holds barred form of wrestling promotion maybe it could be like bare knuckle actual fighting <laughs> um maybe before ufc
3: yeah i actually um i was listening to the what culture podcast a while back when season three first debuted and they did their own preview of the show and by the way once you've listened to our preview feel free to go check theirs out as well it's very good but they do talk about fmw a little bit um it sounds like one of the folks from what culture really got into it during the pandemic it It's more of a, I want to say it's based out of Japan, and it's more of a hardcore style. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you're talking about, though, Mike, where it's more of a shoot style as well. So pretty interesting. I've never seen it. This Even just talking about it now, I'm like, I should go check this out. But really looking forward to that episode.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I would settle down with that before bed, since we record kind of late at night here on Monday nights. But uh, maybe maybe when I'm uh, making candles uh, tomorrow, I'll throw something on, uh, dip my toes into it. This is another great title for the next episode that they're going to air on October 7th, Bikers, Bombs, and Bedlam. Johnny Canine. Oh. This is oh, the wow. story of Ion Crow... Yeah. I- How do you say his last name? Cryo? Kro- yeah, Kro- I don't know. I've never Kro- seen Kro- a preview
0: for that. I don't know what that one's about.
1: Me neither. I don't, I don't know or that or...
0: wrestler at all, dude. Yeah.
1: Sometimes it's kind of cool, yeah. though, for us to, like, not know the topic at all. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. Just like the Nick Gage yeah yeah these guys really dig deep and find uh these stories and i'm sure uh like that's the beauty of the success of this show when they first started on vice they didn't know how big of a smash success it's really the biggest show uh on the network for sure but all of cable oh, wow. television too um as far as the documentary series goes so now yeah. they're that probably being like led- <laughs> yeah true and uh <laughs> it's, it's not mean? the longest running really episodic
0: television show in history like
2: raw right so now <laughs> so now having all these uh other episodes they're probably saying like well now you need to go talk to this person if you thought this was crazy talk opening to them. up avenues totally, yeah. yeah totally yeah, exactly and um it's just gonna snowball from here so happy to see that one and then this one i think is gonna be very fascinating the many faces of luna vashan oh yeah that's good that's going to be airing October 14th, and it's going to be focusing on Luna Vashan. She was yeah. crazy. I don't know much um, of her
0: story, really. So I, you know, I
1: know high points from other podcasts and stuff. I, you know, it's, it's one of those kind of like China where it's like this person that had their demons, but so many people just talk about, like, what a sweet person she really was, and it's just it's just a shame. I mean, and I, and I think I, I will be disappointed. I'm expecting that. I mean, hopefully they talk to Gangrel because... That's, that's her ex. I think they were divorced. Oh, yeah, he married her, yeah. But he, um, to this day, speaks just really highly of her, and her death really hit him. Like, he just brought yeah. it. There must have been an anniversary or her birthday recently because Gangrel was talking about it again. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be one of those where you're going to learn a lot about, like, just a very conflicted person. It'll, it'll be a good story.
3: Yeah, I'd heard a lot of the same things as you, Steve. Um, I mean, the only thing I really know about her at this point is, you know what I saw of her in the Attitude Era when she was on WWF television, and the fact that she was married to Gangrel for a while, um, who I'm a huge fan of. So by translation, you know, got to be a fan of Luna. So curious to see what this episode's all about.
2: Yeah, I saw a little teaser, and I guess she had schizophrenia as um, well. That makes uh, yeah. What I... I,
0: think I, heard, I think I heard that. Yeah.
2: Makes sense. So that could be a little wild. I know basically when I—that's kind of my era when I really started to love wrestling back in like '94, '95 when she was the main squeeze to Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, she legit scared me. She probably remember? the first, probably the first person that I saw in a thong too uh, <laughs> before before Baywatch.
3: So. <laughs> or Lita.
2: Oh yeah. Well, she had the whale tail. Lita did. Luna Vashan, she had those cheeks hanging out.
3: Oh, uh, true, true.
0: What's the, what's, what's the whale
2: tail? <clears throat> the whale tail? I don't yeah. know what that is either. Oh, come on, boys. Uh, it's when the uh, thong <laughs> <laughs> st- sticks up over the pants, so then it looks like, you know, a whale tail. <laughs> out oh, of the water, yeah, yeah. the shape nice, of yep. it. I, get I got it. Yeah, yeah totally get it. I had to
3: Not to be confused with the Texas I know. Tuck, which we'll unveil yes. next week.
2: Yeah, I was i was just about to say I had to tell these boys what the Texas Tuck was uh, on the way down to All Out uh, just not more than a few weeks ago. So <laughs> uh, Google, Google that one on Urban Dictionary, and the definition is there. So uh, let's move along here. We are going to second to last episode, Extreme and Obscene rob black's xpw so this must be just a nutty uh promotion extreme pro wrestling have you guys ever heard of this before no nope charlie no no (laughs) really okay so this is all gonna be news to us um it says it was founded in 1999 so it's still pretty recent and could and and in the in the internet era so It's kind of crazy how uh, low under the radar it actually flew, but we're going to find out all about it. And then the one that is going to be an awesome capper uh, to end Season 3, Part 2, the finale, The Steroid Trials. The United States Trials with Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. I I wish this was like a two-parter because I just want them to go take a Deep. deep dive into Vince that's really going to be their swan song when they finally do like a whole episode on vince mcmahon i mean they could go on for days with that one but uh this one should be really interesting because the steroid trials that was a big thing and um kind of what shaped kind of what the um wwe looks like today with all of their other they just released more vocabulary that you can't say on their television programs. so i mean steroids was just a part of everything back then but they do their research they get great interviews it's going to be great content and if they're saving it for last you know it's going to be good
3: yeah i i'm really curious about this one i quite frankly don't know a ton about the steroid trails i mean i think it's common knowledge that a lot of pro wrestlers in the 80s and 90s and even before then maybe um were really into steroids but I think what's different about this episode is the fact that Vince McMahon is involved because in every other episode we've discussed, previewed, reviewed, everything to do with Dark Side of the Ring, he has not been a topic of discussion in any of them. So this is going to be new for this show for sure. And I'm really curious how far they push the envelope.
1: Right. Well, plus a lot of the people that they typically bring into these, like Jim Ross, Jericho, those guys don't talk shit about vince very often either like <laughs> they, of them, still, they still have this loyalty to him so I, yeah. yeah it'll be interesting to see who they go to i mean i honestly they could go with like a hogan or somebody but uh i don't know
2: yeah it i'm interested to see yeah who they get to uh, sit down with and interview um we'll just have to wait um it doesn't say a date oh excuse me it's gonna um end on October 28th, just a few days before Halloween. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a great, uh, September and October boys. Dark side of the ring is coming back and seems like it's stronger than ever. Uh, we have a huge announcement to get to, but we're not going to get to that just yet. We're going to go to promo of the week. This one was submitted by Bill Barnum from St. Louis. <laughs> he says he's a huge nineties wrestling fan and he loves the show. And he sent us in this one from Jeff Jarrett. Um, It just says WWF promo, so I haven't taken a look at it yet. So let's just take a listen.
4: Double J, J E F F. (laughs) Howdy, folks. Double J here again. That's J E, double F, -F 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 J A. Double R, E, Double T. That's Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Got my driver here, Billy Ray Brooks. Brought me down here today in my vintage 68 Cadillac. You know, fine cars, like fine wine, they just seem to get better with age. Isn't that right, Billy Ray? Yes, sir. (laughs) Oh, yes, sir. You know, old Double J here, he takes care of his property. Unlike the corrupt country music business. You know, they say proof's in the pudding? Well, I got the pudding right here. Take a look uh here it is. The finest example of the corrupt country music business. The Ryman Auditorium, home of the Grand Ole Opry. Well, look at this place. Graffiti on the walls. This place is run down. It's in shambles. It's condemned. Well, this place is dead. Just like two of the greatest country music stars ever to play on that stage in there, right here on this stage, Conway Twitty. Well, he's dead and buried. Oh, Lord. And another guy, George Jones. He's still breathing all right, but his career's been dead for years. Oh, neither one of them guys could sing. Oh, unlike Double J here. Uh, Speaking of death, hey, Billy Ray, what's that dead boy's name in the WWF? Undertaker. Yeah, The Undertaker. This place reminds me of The Undertaker. Dead, decrepit, run down, in shambles. Undertaker boy, I'm gonna use you. And I'm gonna use the WWF. And when I get done... Oh, after it's all said and done, they're gonna rename the WWF. That's right, they're gonna rename it the Double J-F. Oh, that's right. And then they're gonna come back here. That's right, look at this sign. It's not gonna say Ryman Auditorium. It's not gonna say home of the Grand Ole Opry. It's gonna say the Double J Auditorium. That's right, the home of the greatest country music singer that ever lived. That's right, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, double J. That's double J. J. E. Double F. J. A. Double R. E. Double T. That's double J. Jeff Jerry.
2: J. A. Double R. E. Double T. What a guy!
1: It was a good promo. It's a good promo.
3: Seriously, I remember when I first started watching Attitude Era Wrestling and this guy was still stuck in his early to mid-90s gimmick and oh my god, I couldn't stand him. I
2: was never a big Jeff Jarrett fan at yeah. all. I hated him. No. I still no. I hated watching I all did. his matches, even though he was very, very good yeah. and uh, he reminded me of Mr. Perfect. I just couldn't get over with him.
3: Uh, I think that phase he went through when he had the guitar and would smash that on people, I've always been a big fan of the guitar spot in pro wrestling. I don't know why. But yeah, that was the one thing to me that I remember about Jeff Jarrett that I did enjoy.
2: Slap nuts, slap nuts. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, well, he was a blind beauty, Um, and I guess he's got a great podcast that he does on his own
1: too with uh, Conrad. It's really quite good. Mm -hmm. Like I would a lot of stories. I would strongly recommend listening to his episode on Owen Hart. I know I mentioned it in a previous episode, but I mean it's it's emotional. And he, it's just, it's, you know, you've heard that story 8 million times, but he was like, was good buddy. And like, he actually was really close to the whole thing at the time it happened. So it's, it's well listened. It's, it's really good listen. And he's really a good speaker.
2: Right. Yeah. He definitely uh, does a great job. I actually did go back and listen to that one, Steve, and uh, having it uh, be facilitated by Conrad Thompson makes it even better. Yeah. So, I wanna, um, well, I want to hear
0: the I want to hear the podcast about when he stole um, Kurt Angle's wife. That's that's the podcast I'm looking forward <laughs> to.
2: That could be on Dark Side of the Ring.
0: <laughs> I want to hear that one.
2: That'd be fun. All right. So, without further ado, Keep the K Fabe, has a huge announcement that we're going to share. Uh, but I think I should send it over to Matt Michelson. He was the man who made this all happen in the, the for this great opportunity the for architects. us. So um, I'll leave it our, to him. The...
0: Our Seth Rollins.
1: Yeah, he's our Seth Rollins.
2: <laughs> yep.
3: Yeah, hopefully I don't have that boop, same boop, laugh, though. <laughs> <a>
1: Bootlicker. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, so, so kind of like Mike alluded to, um, you know, I, I think it's coming up soon. Oh, heck, who am I kidding? So, yeah, we have a huge announcement. So, Keep the Kayfabe will be doing our first official live podcast on Saturday, October 9th at Crusher Fest in South Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, There's going to be a lot of great things going on. There's going to be live pro wrestling at 4 p.m. on Saturday. Um, Cal Hero, my understanding, is maybe going to make an appearance. We're still waiting on confirmation for that. There's going to be great food vendors. There's going to be merchandise for sale. You can pick up a keep the kayfabe t-shirt. If you show up in person, check us out at our stand. You can meet the boys in person. It's going to be a good day. Yeah,
2: We'll we'll be signing autographs. At least until our our hands give out, you know. Charlie's going to be holding babies.
0: (laughs) Yep. Kissing babies, taking pictures.
2: (laughs) Shaking babies and kissing hands <laughs> shaking,
0: shaking babies and kissing moms Woo! Woo-hoo-hoo! nice
2: yeah so we're super excited to do this uh awesome job matt we're so excited for crusher fest it's in honor of the crusher a west Dallas legend and you know they have that bronze statue there uh it did did it go on last year i think they canceled it last year so there's canceled only it. been one yeah. there's been one other one yeah right so, we're very yep,
3: so this will be the second and yeah we're very lucky advice. to be
2: there as guests and uh you know be the keep the kayfabe um the boys will all be there together to do some live podcasting because we've never done that before uh we started this during covid and it's all over zoom and we're lucky enough to do it but now we can actually sit down and snap it around a little bit here it'll be really fun
3: going to be really exciting. Definitely have to tune in for that episode.
2: Right. So there's going to be more developments and more guests and details. Uh so make sure you subscribe to Future Podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. So once we drop those t-shirts, you can buy them online and we'll send them to you. Uh thank you so much for all the support, everyone. We've been growing uh, a lot lately and it's all because of you guys continue to share us with your friends if you think we do a good job leave us a five-star review and as always what we like to say around here at keep the Fave: stay hungry stay humble and stay hard
0: triple h Woo.
4: peace